0: Welcome to the Rumpus Room
1: Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room And let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day
0: Takeaway message is on journaling I'm doing this thing which I have resisted journaling I've tried it a hundred different times It is five minutes, five questions in the morning And five minutes, three questions at night And one of our new segments has something similar, which is basically like what, what did I learn today that I didn't know at the beginning of the day? So it's helped me get into the habit of journaling and there's this new app that I'm using, which I know we don't promote apps a lot for free, but it's called streaks and it's kind of like the Jerry Seinfeld. How many days did I write a joke? So it just keeps, you just have like a habit. And so I just have is like morning journal, night journal. Did I do it or did I not do it? I get a yes. And then it kind of creates a streak for you. So that's helped me keep the habit up. We'll see how it goes. I got a pretty good streak going right now. So <laughs> I don't want to break it.
1: Nice. Uh, do you, What would, would you go through a sample of some of the questions?
0: Yeah, I can just read which ones I I actually use. And I forgot where I saw this. One of those probably email lists that I'm a part of. But so you start, I actually start a timer every time in the morning. So the first thing is what's one, one thing you're grateful for? What's one thing I'm excited about? One virtue today that I want to exhibit? What's one thing I'm avoiding doing? And that's, what's one thing do I need to do? And so that's my morning and my evening. I can give that one too. They call it the evening shutdown. What were my biggest wins of the day? Did I have any major realizations? I added this one. What did I regret from today? And what did I learn from it? And then what's on the agenda for tomorrow? So I know, you know, like Tim Ferriss has talked about journaling. Everybody talks about journaling. I've had a really heck hard time keeping up with
1: the habit. stuff. Are you um, writing them by hand? Or are you, ex, uh, you know, typing? I do hand. hand. Okay. I do hand.
0: <clears throat> I'm trying the hand. So I bought some of the like kind of moleskin. They're not moleskin. It's from Costco, so it's way cheaper. But it's like a, same thing. It's a notebook a leather- that's pretty decent that a leather, I like bound, writing. Book. Yeah, right. leather bound book with right. one of the little tassel thing that finds the page you're on
1: naturally yeah naturally i remember uh when i thought that that just basically having one of those made you smart you just had to have <laughs> one like it there's a big thing in a business school like everybody had their stupid little little leather bound notebook uh it was just like yep. you gotta use it actually um Yeah. Got to tear it up. I like that. Um, I've always struggled to keep up the journaling as well. Uh, And I've been doing walks with my son in the morning and I've, I've been faking that like, that's my meditative time. So I've been trying to do like walking meditation and, you know, calling it meditative, which isn't super far-fetched. A seated practice is extraordinarily beneficial. I can certainly tell you that, but um, yeah trying to make that one more stable as well um especially now that he can walk and so for like a third of the walk i throw him down by the stroller and then he toddles alongside and uh basically like sort of steps right in front of everybody as they come across the like (laughs) because he wants to go like talk to him so really He's gotten a lot better. Like now, he doesn't do it quite as overtly, but like in the beginning, it's like he was focusing so much on what's immediately in front of him that all of a sudden he would see somebody and then he would like get big eyes and then like they go to what they're looking at. Like you just do that naturally. And with a toddler, it's extremely exaggerated. So he'd like lunge at people as we're walking on the sidewalk <laughs> or dogs. Like he, he's always. He gets all charged up when a dog goes by and then uh then i have to be like okay is this dog gonna bite him or not or like is it gonna yeah. be safe and it's usually yeah, fine you got,
0: but yeah one to two seconds to
1: figure that out <clears throat> there's not a lot of time to make that judgment decision of like how you know you just got to read the body language and be like whatever you know but um Luckily, uh, we live in a decent neighborhood where people are reasonably aware of their dogs and just not, you know, I mean, there's common courtesy, is what I'm trying to say. So, anyway, um, so what else is new? Not a whole lot. So,
0: we, this, a couple weeks ago, I went to the Twin Cities Startup Week and that for me was interesting. I was trying to A, meet somebody there. It was kind of like a, Hey, I want to meet somebody. And I, I struggle to go to some of these events sometimes because I'm not sure how productive they are. It's a lot of just like chatter. And then, you know, it's like, like for somebody in my position right now, my, my job is to sign deals and make things like, how do I make my product better? And how do I sign a deal? Like that is what I'm thinking about all day, every day. So these events where you're meeting people and like listening to you know, somebody's perspective doesn't add a whole ton. Um, but the, the big thing that I am th- trying to not figure out, but I'm thinking about a lot is this venture funding versus bootstrapping. So there's venture funding, just for those of you that don't know, basically means like taking other people's money and trying to start a company bootstrapping is more like i'm gonna do this on my own and not require outside funds or not go down the like institutional investor route which is basically like a company you can bootstrapping sometimes is like i'm gonna get money from you know people that i know friends and family type thing that i think sometimes qualifies there's a lot of different definitions of these but venture is like i'm gonna go with like a company and those are like facebook those are the companies that got funded there so i've been thinking a lot about that
1: ventures definitely like the silicon valley you go give the pitch they are institutional and you know they're dealing with a huge fund that they have a whole engine around it friends and family money i would consider pretty bootstrappy and um, I worked for an organization that was friends and family for their seed round. And that's pretty crazy to go out to your friends and family and be like, yo, um, give me money. And then I need money. Try and salvage that relationship long-term if it goes sour like shit. Um, the thing about this gentleman who I used to work for was, or work with was it was the second time launching the business. He launched it with venture funding had success and then came back to a different market and got friends and family to like start the exact same business so there's a little bit more safety there i think you'd be pretty confident you know if you were starting the same thing for a second time as opposed to like yeah i got this fresh idea friends and fam <laughs> <I've> <laughs> you done this <laughs> yeah oh, that's terrifying anyway
0: yeah so what so one of the comments that I think we were kind of talking about earlier is the question that somebody asked, like, let's just say the audience is, uh, one of the people that was up there was like, Oh, what is everybody in startups worried about? It kind of like, isn't it obvious? And they said like capital funding cash. And I was sitting there like, no, I said, it's customers like you need paying customers because what I, what my experience and you know, this is just my experience. Okay. You run out and get a bunch of money. Now your job is to go get customers like to go get people to pay you for it. And like your timeline to get customers could be shorter and you're expected to get more. So I don't like, yeah, getting money is great, but you kind of then, you're, you're setting yourself up like the ultimate goal is to basically start a profitable business and I think that's just a frustration with me with I think some of these startup communities is they're obsessed with like the pitch, getting capital, venture funding, you know they're really focused on these types of businesses like you can get capital or money from a lot of different people um, and what I've kind of my my insight into the venture world is they're looking for home runs they based on how they get paid from their limited partners and that's like who gives people money to ventures uh their timelines which is usually around like 10 years they're looking to get out early and make a big exit so they're looking for more of the home run ball like base hits don't do them a whole ton of good because they need a bigger return and they get a bigger return, say, if they do like a Facebook, you know, versus 10 profitable, um, you know, washing machine shops that just kick cash over the door every single month, every single month. But, you know, takes one dollar and makes three instead of one dollar makes a hundred.
1: There's no scale, yeah. You know?
0: And I think then you kind of get into more of like the private equity ball game and there's just a whole ton of thing. But what I, my kind of insight into the whole startup world is just so focused on this venture funding. Like, you know, I, I knew a guy there that I went to college with very, he's a good founder, you know, good guy, super nice, very engaging. He kind of is on the, the funding route and he was just like, man, it is a hamster wheel. You are just like jumping on and raising money and then you're looking six months down the road and like, I got to raise money again. I got to raise money again. So your job then becomes more that. So if, I mean, and if that's maybe what you're good at is raising money, that could be the route for you.
1: Um, I was a part of two organizations that were on that hamster wheel. Uh, And the second you bite off that funding, um amount and start operating above your profit what you know when you start when you start burning cash at a burn rate and you can forecast and if that's getting out of control it's just such a grind and going into work is terrible everybody's like on edge because you're like oh shit we may not make payroll next week and then like we're totally fucked says so um i i've i've been afraid of it frankly um It's uh, uh, both one of those companies was extraordinarily poorly run. The other one was well ran, but I I understand the hamster wheel thing for sure.
0: Yeah, I've heard that from a couple of people because I'm asking a lot of the I'm starting to get more of a network of people that are in this type of space. And I'm reaching out and trying to just like find some some people that have gone down the route. And I do hear the 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 term hamster wheel quite quite a bit which is not something you like want to talk about. And I'm, I'm lucky in the situation I'm in. Cause I have, I have a lot of, I have, I have a different need, you know, like capital for me would be a different need. And mm-hmm. I think somebody starting out, like quitting your job, there's a lot of things that you may need to maybe play that game. Um, and so I think strategically, that's just a tough question to answer. Uh, Something that definitely keeps me up at night.
1: Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Well, what else? What else has been going on?
0: Well, I got back uh, last weekend from yet another bachelor party. Uh, It was. Let's just say they change. (laughs) The older you get, they're just a lot different. And I've been wondering.
1: This is this is the first I've ever heard of somebody who's doing two bachelor parties
0: well yeah
1: <laughs> right. that's
0: how you, you got to sell your significant other on it somehow so
1: <laughs> oh okay that'll work yeah <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that was so that was more of a marketing label than anything it was you yeah, said two parties had yeah party in nashville before you got married with a bunch of your friends party in scottsdale was it um, yeah is arizona yeah. arizona
0: So it's, you know, it's just funny because you see it's, you know, I love this stuff. It's like good to see everyone. It's good to catch up with people like, you know, you don't have your kids, so you're just like, oh, I can talk to you and not be worried about, you know, what my kid is doing falling down the stairs, you know? So it's like, it's kind of nice because you can really like get into the conversations and, and everybody like, you know, they want to make a bachelor party fun. So it's like people are trying real hard. So it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm.
1: It's um, it's a great, it's a great marketing label for husbands, a bachelor party for whatever reason, that's the golden ticket of like, Hey, yeah. I'm getting, hey. I'm, get, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm going on I this. Got, I only
0: <laughs> got one. I'm playing it. Hey, he only gets married once. Here we go you pretty much so,
1: only that you can play that card it's nice because it's a limited amount of time so you can actually play that card because nobody has unlimited friends and so yeah it's uh it's been great because obviously going on the the annual ski trip for a week is a little bit different now when you got a little a one running sell. around yeah that is a tough sell
0: we're working on how to sell that one that's <laughs> yeah. that's always like a- uh <laughs> Let's catch them when they're in a good mood, baby. Here we go. Yeah.
1: Or you start like uh, obviously, you know, looking for the other opportunities to like balance the scales. If if you oh, hear of man. things in their social calendar, it's like, oh, you should do that. You should do you that. You gotta hop on those bad boys. I would
0: support you. Should you definitely go on that trip, <laughs> or you should definitely hang out with them. Or you know, absolutely, you know,
1: please. You gotta please. press.
0: Let me, let me just call like them, them actually. You're will press send. to go. Yep. And that's... that is funny because that was about I, I there was a lot of that conversation going on at the bachelor party too. Is like, oh, how's your how's everything going for you? How'd you get out of get out of it? So it's just kind of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. But we only got oh. a few of those left. <clears throat> we do. And um, I think of my, two of my friends eloped and didn't have bachelor parties. So I guess I should bank those. You as uh, I, Perfect they should, be, they should be official credits. Somebody should issue them. They should come from a place. They should give you a card, which is, I have Boom. my friend's bachelor party. I'm playing the card. Here it goes. This is, this is Ross's it. elopes, Ross's, uh, eloping bachelor party in the bank, like whatever it is anyway. <laughs> Um, you had mentioned another item On the list uh, that caught your attention Which uh, granted we're late To the game on this one but the new Top Gun movie
0: Yeah it is good I would watch it If you're a, uh, a If you listen to this podcast you're gonna Like Top Gun I'm just gonna say that <laughs> If you like Listen <laughs> to us talk you're gonna like Top Gun um, I thought they did a really good job you know keeping flying planes cool making flying planes cool again like it was a really it was really well done and tom cruise as psycho as he is he's a good actor and he plays that part really well
1: he does and he demands uh excellence from his production crew and everybody around him i'm sure you've heard the stories of him like well did you hear the covid freak out story no Um, i didn't Apparently Mission Impossible was one of the films that resumed filming like earliest after the shutdown was, you know, for however long. And they had super strict um, COVID policies that were, you know, imposed by the studio or whatever. And um, there was an instance where a couple of video editors were on a laptop looking at something. And I think one of them had their mask down. And they were just talking and it wasn't like, a, you know, who knows the the exact situation, but basically Tom sees them and comes over and just rips Manu one, like for Hmm. several minutes of the entire industry is looking at us right now. We cannot screw this up, blah, blah. So he, he, and I've heard stories of that from other coworkers in terms of his demanding of excellence. So, um. He takes it seriously. He takes it seriously, which may also, you know, you could you could find that in how seriously he takes Scientology, right? <laughs> He's pretty committed to that too. Uh, yes. So you know, it's not oh, like incredible. it's a. It's not like it's a unique. It's just a character trait of Tom Cruise. Just he him. takes, yeah. It's just incredibly Tom. seriously.
0: Yeah, but the movie's good, and I'd say watching it with a little with a. With a son was like, they really get you a couple times. Oh boy,
1: oh dangerous! Right. well,
0: yeah. I mean, when they played the beginning of the movie, it's like, oh my, the hairs are standing up when they start playing the music, <laughs> and then they, you know, get you into a. The the flying scenes are awesome. They're so real, and they make you like feel like you're in it. And at, at the bachelor party, one of the guys was like, "Oh, I'm so pissed! I bought." I bought uh, Top Gun and then I, you know, I rented it and then I saw it's on the plane for free. I was like, dude, no, Top Gun on a screen that's five inches versus like, you know, a big screen TV with surround sound. That is how you watch Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend getting your popcorn and watching Top Gun. Go all
1: out. It was a. It was, it was a great movie then, and I'm glad that the, the franchise is restored. It was amazing the amount of buzz that it got at the box office. I don't know if you heard Chris Pratt. Or no, it was um, uh, Matt Damon. It was Matt Damon talking about the death of cinema and how um, basically all of the... Um, all of the new stuff that comes out of a studio is just about what you can make at the box office because there's no secondary market DVD sales anymore. So
0: yeah, I saw that too. That was interesting.
1: Yeah. So that's why
0: you want to describe it for everyone that's listening. It was just a really interesting.
1: Yeah. So like something like office space or, um, uh, any of the cult classics really that like our box office flops, but then they make a bunch of money secondary market because people want the DVD and they buy the DVD or VHS. There's still a lot of an opportunity by the actors in the studios to make money. So you don't necessarily have to make all of your money at the box office, but that market is gone and streaming doesn't make nearly that much. So, um, the whole movie industry is kind of making bets on what you can do, you know, week one and week two at the box office. So all of the big production movies are going to be things that are like mass market appeal, you know. So Fast Furious Twelve, and superhero, or like yeah. the next Avengers shoot, em, yeah, the, the next shoot 'em up, the next James Bond, like whatever the yeah. Fran- the guaranteed franchise is going to be, yeah. so you're not going to see stuff like come out, and there's always going to yeah. be actors who are going to go to side projects and whatever. But um, that was uh, an interesting take that I was, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of. You could obviously feel it and like the trajectory of what's being released, but um, that put a finer point on it for me.
0: God, Matt Damon strikes again. He is just on top of it at all times.
1: <sighs> he is, except for that foyer into crypto. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah. not, not his best look, uh, given the recent crash. Um, I mean, we'll perhaps save the economy for the next time. Um, and Hey, it's political season too. We haven't even gone in that direction. There was, should be a yeah, of fodder. Be.
0: Yeah. We got rumpus room episodes just going to be flying at you soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Especially things like the NFL is back. Uh, and, um, Screwing it up just as much as before.
0: Um, oh man, they are just—they like to just stub their toe as much as possible. They're more of the bang their head against the wall, I think, than anything. That's... Yeah, multiple <laughs> times. It's actually yeah. a get it running start and hit the yeah, wall with yeah. your head and then try it again.
1: And then if you could get clear you know, to play, really yeah. slam the back of your head into there. Make get sure the you back. get that get that cerebellum oh. in there. You know, like. <laughs> Just
0: shake it around in there as much uh, as possible
1: i oh. i didn't I didn't watch the Monday night football episode where the quarterback had that just yep, weird so too, uh, neurologic reaction to the head trauma um and then i i did I heard about it on you know social and then um so perhaps a little clip bait of the week for you right there but um I watched the clip and it seemed really benign the fall that he had. But then they were talking about the previous week's trauma and it was one of those falls where you go back and you hit your head backwards. And I've always been told that that's like the most dangerous mm. um, way to hit your head is just like straight on the back. Uh, and then when he seized up with his fingers, did you see the clip?
0: Oh yeah. There's... I was with my uh, buddy who's an orthopedic surgeon. I was standing next to him. He was like, Oh, that is a sign of a lot more. Yeah. He said that my a friend of mine is an orthopedic surgeon, and he he was like, "Yeah, that's that's not messing around. That that means there's a lot more. Something like spinal. I, I mean, I
1: that has to do with damage.
0: Mind, it's gonna be it's gonna be worse than <clears throat> just like the seizing is a sign of something really bad, and I'm sure yeah. everybody's probably heard it on." you listen to talk radio on an NFL podcast and this is like 50% of their content into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, obviously it's a big deal. That's like the Achilles heel for the whole, they got everything going for them in the NFL, but this is just like, just hanging around. It's not going to get solved. No, they were selling everyone that in practices everybody's getting less concussions, which that's good, but (laughs) It's like, this is, it's tough. And the one thing that, uh, I don't know, this has probably been, been talked about before, but you think of guys like Brett Favre who are are making some dumb decisions now in their older life, like after all these hits, you have to think they're not like 100% sharp. And so some of these things that they're doing, I don't think they're, they're as equipped as, everybody kind of gives them credit for. Uh,
1: I have you had conversations about whether or not you're going to let your kid play? Oh, big time.
0: Yeah. So I don't think we're, we're going to try to steer away from football if we can hockey and football are the, the two that I'm most nervous about. And so I played football in college. I played in high school and I've luckily made it out pretty scotch free especially from the head trauma um i wore one of those darth vader helmets one year when i was young it was just massive but his concussion helmet and i was a freshman i'm like i didn't know any better playing college football i don't want to get demolished so i put the big guy on and i was lucky i didn't have any majors that I know about but I have some buddies that definitely have some repercussions now you can see them and I think they're neurologically a lot less sharp than they were you, like you can see the decline you can you have a conversation I was talking about this actually a couple last week it's like we have a buddy that has had like three or four and he will stop in the middle of conversation talking
1: well three or four we're talking major concussion blackouts Major,
0: yeah one of them this is actually somebody else that oh the, different like, person you know it's somebody else yep um they basically had like three or four they didn't play in college and they are like there's like a pods every once in a while in conversation and i, I didn't somebody was telling the story because we were talking about it yeah but it's scary It's stuff scary
1: well let's keep rolling here uh i already did uh, one of my clickbaits of the week, but uh, why don't you hit us with the next uh, clickbait of the week?
0: Yeah, so clickbait of the week, we're trying to figure out what got us to click. So we're looking at our history on what we've we been looking at on the Internet. And this week, uh, I, I, I'm I, going to go with kind of the weird one that I said earlier, which is why the Iowa punter should win the Heisman Trophy. So that got me because it was so off the wall. And this was on YouTube. And I'm just looking at my YouTube history. And for some reason I was like, I gotta see what this guy what this guy's got. And they showed a couple punts of his and how close they are to the one. And then I was three and two, so he's not gonna win the Heisman anymore. But it uh I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Mm-hmm. One for me what was yours is, again? yeah, I just mentioned it because we were talking about, um, the Tua video and, uh, I, I clicked on the Tua video after getting like some, not- seeing some mm-hmm. notification on Reddit or something, you know, pray for Tua and I'm always like, what? So, um, yeah. it was all over and so I went, but, uh, my other clickbait of the week has got to be bucking Billy Ray, um. Buck and Billy Ray is a guy who lives on Vancouver Island and is a lumberjack and Mm. his YouTube videos are outstanding and hilarious at the same time, because the entire channel is about this dude cutting trees down and splitting it into firewood. That's it. Really? And you think and I'm, I'm, and he rolls out twenty to thirty minute videos twice a week. It's like how much content? Cut. Cutting down trees, sharpening axes, <laughs> sharpening chainsaws. <laughs> it's not; it's something where it's not like there's not that many things involved, right? Yeah. Like cutting a tree down is fairly straightforward, but he's been doing it for such a long time. That he narrates extremely well and he has a lot of really fine, finer point insights that like now all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I can probably sharpen the chainsaw now because he's an expert. I've been he's listening to Buck and Billy expert. Ray, and he's
0: yeah, you're you're now learning <laughs> from the best. It's educational now.
1: Uh and it's pretty funny because Then every once in a while he flashes these like really heartwarming messages. Like it's all about love. Everybody spread peace and goodwill to everyone. And it's and he's this guy who's like big burly Canadian with flannel cut off sleeves. And he's always saying to the camera, he says, no, let's go over here, friends. And he says, friends, periodically throughout the video. And it's just such a weird contrast to watch him. You're like. I can't believe that this human exists and, uh, you get such an insight into his life that, um, it's just endearing. It's really endearing and, uh, and educational at the same time. And I happen to like cutting down trees. So it's like right up my alley, but, um, that's definitely one that got me. So, um, let's move on to the other segment here of lightning strikes, lightning strikes, anything that, uh, caught your attention this week changed your perspective or was a learning that you think worth is worth mentioning?
0: Yeah. Big time, you know, so I think this, I I always want to like, look up, look back on some like moments in your life. And I feel like this could be a good one, but it's really just being way more action oriented and how I think of it is like, Oh, if I want to text this person or I think like, Oh, I should text them. Just do it right then instead of being like, oh, I'll do it later tonight or I'll give him a call later or whatever. It's like, no, screw it. Just do it right now. Or, oh, man, I should like clean my room for whatever. It's like, no, do it now. Instead of trying to be perfectly prioritized in everything that I do, which is, I think, definitely a defense mechanism for a little bit of a procrastination, just do it in the moment. And something that kind of got me on this was uh, someone that said, you know, people that are the most powerful like in the world or like they have a good they have a good influence is really just taking like your thoughts and putting them into action. So like, oh, I wanna think, I wanna do this, and then actually having it happen in the, the shortest amount of time. Um and so that's kind of what's gotten me to be more some people call it a forward lean, <clears throat> but it's really think it and do it and not to be super, super worried about it. And I think as someone who's been in like consulting and I've been in jobs that require a lot of analysis, I think sometimes that gets me to want to perfect things and not go, which is not the way you should be if you want to be a startup entrepreneur <laughs> so you just gotta go send emails get things done i mean that's kind of the name of the game speed
1: yeah one of my lightning strikes this week was i've been just getting pulled in so many directions uh, from requests from other people that i've not been getting my own work done and so i've had to just reground in the productivity list you know these are the five to seven things that just got to get done today. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I noticed myself just getting, <clears throat> it's so easy when I got 150 unread emails and, you know, six hours of meetings ahead of me just to be like a spinning, like a top. Yeah. And, um, sometimes that is required in order to like get out stuff for other people that they need to do their things. And, um, also you can just like do that and just constantly spin your wheels and never get any of the things you need to get done. So, um, yeah, that's a really simple one, but it just has been striking me a lot more this, this time. I also think this part of the year, and I don't know if you've been noticing this, um, I think people get jittery in the fall. Mm Um, is that like the
0: freak outs the squirrels do like before, like gathering and getting all set up like oh shit we gotta get this done before winter's coming
1: i i think that's a total thing definitely in the midwest where you have the more extreme seasonal changes but i think in our like human dna we have those that type of embedded stress much more deeply rooted than i think people care to admit which is it's the same stuff. Like you had the harvest. And so um, some people are aware if it's a good winter or if it's a good, if it's an easy winter, we're going to have enough food. If it's a tough winter, it's not going to have enough food. And then I think how it manifests in the business world. Everybody knows that like, you're not going to get anything done at the end of the year. And between Thanksgiving and Christmas, nothing real gets done. It's all like Passing the time, doing due diligence, getting ready for the next year to start. Nobody's mm-hmm. like, and sure, there may be some people who are landing huge, you know, progress items in that time frame, but I would say right now is much more important. You have like budgeting, strategic planning. Everybody's getting ready for the new year right now, mm-hmm. so I think it's just a frenetic time. No yeah, and then all the leaves are changing everything's dying you're like oh shit the world is really happening fast i better make sure i have my house in order so i think that's like just been um on my mind so um i got one other lightning strike which our nanny said and um just sort of blew my mind away and uh, i was asking her about pacifiers and um potty training and I was like how do you know when to do these things and she said um most everything when you're raising a kid is just like when the parents are actually ready Hmm. it's it's not it's not like the kid is going to be ready to get rid of his pacifiers at any point there's no there's no time ever like it's not going to be a natural thing that he's like oh here you go dad I don't want it anymore (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I've decided I'm done
1: yeah i I would like to be a a non-pacifier child now dad here you go I'm um, tired of these yep. sure uh so that idea that she was like and if the pacifier affords you a certain level of comfort right now that you're not willing to give up that's your thing and um there'll be a time when it's probably not the case but she was like potty training is the same it's like it's when the parents ready because the kid's gonna pick up on what's trying to be accomplished so don't if you can if you can just keep that in mind um and not think that like you're waiting for your child to do something developmentally you're actually probably waiting for yourself to be ready to like lead the charge yeah basically yeah
0: Yeah, I could totally see that one. That's another perspective that you can put a lens on yourself and your your kids for sure. I like that one.
1: Yeah, that was a lightning strike for sure. I was like, man, this is one of the nice parts about having a nanny who's older and has already raised children. She can, like, tell us stuff. Because, like, otherwise, I can ask my parents. But I, I you know, how many people do you really have, like, that type of insight from and when you ask your parents you're like well I know that's what you did because I am who I am you know (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it's Uh, different it is totally
0: different and And having also somebody that knows your child like you know spends time with them and sees your relationship with them too from a different maybe a little bit more removed spot like it
1: yeah. Um and let's wrap it up with some chicken soup.
0: Chicken soup, so I can leave the charge on this one. The the um my little my little guy um we have this thing that he pushes and he like walks and pushes it and it's like uh like basically like a box and he can open up and put stuff in there. Um but <laughs> It's like a covered with wheels,
1: basically, right? Covered with wheels. And like handle, handlebars and stuff. So he can hold onto it and push it around. And walk. So he, as I
0: watched him, I was just sitting there watching him because it's very entertaining. And you could see his brain moving and he was trying to get in it. He was trying to put his body inside of it. So he's like going and putting his head inside and he's like well that's not gonna work so then he started putting his feet in there and he was like to watch him think through the whole process and use his brain and like try to problem solve was really fascinating it just was fun to sit and like i had not like nothing was on my mind just watching him process like decision making and it was just really it is really awesome it's just fun to watch him trying to figure it out. And he didn't know I was watching him too. So he was just like in the zone going, it was fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Um, my chicken soup for this last week, which obviously, you know, we're kind of building off the chicken soup for the soul sort of thing was, um, I know a lot of people say this offhand, which is like, Oh, you really got to cherish these moments as they're young. And, um, it's becoming, for whatever reason, it's, it's sunk in with me about like, there's going to be a time when I'm not going to have him like sitting in my lap, reading a book, mm-hmm. snuggling in, you know, like mm-hmm. that is something that is going to go away. And, you know, you really don't ever get that type of like really um, that experience back uh, as as a dad as the kid gets older and it obviously changes you know and, and evolves but them being just that little right and that like so helpless isn't the right word but um, I would say vulnerable just because well, there's like,
0: there's a big ahead. connection with you so mm-hmm. like you're so connected to them in like a very physical emotional way when you're with them in that situation
1: yeah and so that's been something that when I, i've tried to just notice when i'm putting to bed about like wow I, I really want to appreciate this because there's this experience is just limited and um yep. it's going away and it's so it is it is definitely something that is so deep and um connection is the only word to describe it but it's it it's Something that um, I wish I could describe it more than that, and you know, in terms of the word <laughs> yeah. as connection, and it's just it's hard. It's hard to because it is so. Well, it's such an emot.
0: It's very emotional. Like it's it's a it's a It's deep. visceral. It's so visceral yeah, like too. It's, like it's. It, um, I, I don't think we have the language to describe it. Like I don't think words can, and that's it's like an easier way out of it, but.
1: <clears throat> I think. Yeah, so that's just like been my, you know, I've tried to take those moments and really feel them and appreciate them and appreciate my little dude and um, that relationship. And it's it's just been a lot of fun. So um, that's all we got for you this week's folks. Uh, this week, folks, I hope you guys like the new segments. Uh, we reserve the right to obviously change and amend those, but we're trying to make these uh, as best as possible. Uh, we can, and um, if you have any feedback or comments or recommendations on segments or ways to improve them, feel free to drop us a note at therumpusroom at gmail.com and, uh, or is it I think it's the Rumpus Room Podcast at gmail.com right? Yep, it is. The Rumpus Room mm-hmm. Podcast at gmail.com Otherwise, um, that's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week and we'll be back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room.